Get ready to rock radio, music you want to hear. And we're here in Liverpool at the O2 Academy, uh, nearing the end of uh, a tour for Dan Reed uh, with band in tow. And a very warm welcome to you from Get Ready to Rock, Dan Reed. Uh, it's really nice to talk to you because I was mentioning before the interview we caught up with you in Chester and you were just playing with your acoustic guitar. That's crazy, yeah. That's when I first started coming back to music, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Ah, and although for the listener it's quite a novelty you playing just acoustically, I know it's something you've probably done all your life, really. No, it's not. No? Um, in fact, I started the first solo acoustic shows I started doing was in 2008. Uh, when I was uh, playing fundraisers for Barack Obama when he was running for president. So I had never had the courage to actually play for that long of a period of time. I, I could play one song on stage with the acoustic guitar, and that was about as much nerve as I had to be without a band. Um, but then when I went to India, uh, I think that kind of woke me up to a lot of different things, just living in a monastery at a, with a mat this thick and no hot water and no light, electricity and you do that for six months and it's kind of uh, things change a little bit as far as your perception of what um, you're capable of and what you're not capable of you kind of conquer some certain fears I hope so would you say Dan really that that's been a bit of a revelation for you personally the fact that it's you have developed the acoustic side of your music and you still go out playing solo, don't you, yeah. without a band? Yeah, it just reminds me of what, I guess, music was like before there was a business, you know, before you could record music and sell it. Um, people used to have a piano in their house, or, uh, you know, they'd have musicians come over and play string quartets or something like that to have some form of uh, musical entertainment, or somebody in the house would play a banjo, you know, out on the porch. Uh, so that reminds me of playing solo acoustic, especially doing the house concerts I'm doing now too, it's uh, taking it back to that time period when music was just entertainment and music. And, and about quite feeling. intimate surroundings yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So. Now, um, I know you get probably asked this a lot of times, I, I think I asked the same question probably three years you ago, <laughs> but do people have an expectation when they see a name on the hoardings and they see a name on an album, they're thinking Dan Reed, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. Dan Reed Network. Mm. Have you managed to sort of shed that expectation from, from listeners, or do you still get people really expecting Dan Reed to rock out? There will always be, I think, people that know the network that wish that we were still together and still playing music, if they were interested in that band in the first place. Um, but I, I find that no matter what I'm writing, it's still reminiscent of everything I've always written. I just changed the production wrapped around it. So back in the late 80s, or even the mid 80s when we started playing in 19, I think our first gig was in 19, December of 84, before we got our record deal. So that was all about mixing like hard rock and funk music together. I was a big fan of Prince and Sly and the Family Stone and Aerosmith and Van Halen. And I was just trying to think of how can I produce music that mixes those two genres together. And then lyrically, um, I think a lot of stuff like Tiger in a Dress and these more shallow songs that I was writing back then were just attributed to my, my age and my nativity. But now I, I think uh, even back then writing Salt of Joy or um, Stronger Than Steel or Long Way to Go, there was still this essence of caring about um, the future and us coming together rather than dividing ourselves up into all these categories 
that makes a lot, very few people a lot of money, keeping us believing that we're not all the same. So I've always tried to write music that uh, fosters that idea that we're all one on this planet. Uh, tell us a little bit, just before we leave the subject of Dan Reed Network, because mm. I think I'm right in saying that you did get back together with the guys towards yeah. the end of last year. New Year's Eve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a, obviously a one-off in the States. It was in your hometown, wasn't it, in Portland? Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, yeah. we were invited by a promoter there that was doing, he does this yearly event, and he asked us if we wanted to play um, at the end of 2012. And I, I firmly believe that uh, the Mayans' uh, prediction about uh, an energy shift happening I mean, a lot of people turn that into this doomsday thing at the end of the world. It was never supposed to be about that. It was really just about a time loop circling around to where planets align. And the same thing that happens when you're born, um, depending on where the moon is at, you know, these star signs people talk about, determines a lot about whether you're stubborn or not. It has a lot to do with the gravi gravitational pull of where you were born, what time you were born, and, the, and what year. Um, in the end of 2012, a lot of planets aligned in our solar system and in our galaxy that had a big gravitational pull, according to um, some readings about the Mayans' predictions. And so I, when I was asked to do this network reunion, I've been asked for a number of years to do it, and I never thought it would be possible to do. But it made sense then. It felt like, you know, this is 25 years since we got our record deal. Um, why don't we bring in the new year of uh, celebrating the fact that the world didn't end? Let's do that together. And it was nice. We had a great time. We're going to do some more shows now because of it. Excellent. Do you think we'll ever see the Dan Reed Network back in the UK? Yeah, we're, uh, we're playing in the UK on October 12th for this uh, festival called Enchanted. It's uh, a new festival. It's just starting out. Um, it's in uh, north of London in Essex County. Um, but it's this beautiful manor house in Greenwood Inn, it's called with a great big marquee, and they uh, asked the Dairy Network to headline there, so we're going to do that. Hey, thing. that sounds really <laughs> exciting, actually, yeah. I, I get this idea that you're a little bit of an Anglophile now, because you do talk here quite regularly, don't you? And you, you're used to the idea of England and, you know, going to different venues and places. Yeah, and, you know, I do. Uh, I, I mean, which is a big change, probably, from the back in the days, you know, back in the late 80s. Yeah, well, you were doing like big arenas, weren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah. that we were doing some clubs and stuff as well. But uh, you know, we played Download uh, year before last or last year, uh, and I enjoyed that. Still, I still like playing. We played Sweden Rock two years in a row, so I like playing the big festivals. But I really am enjoying playing smaller, intimate gigs, and it's it's uh, I don't know what it, it's just you can connect with everybody in the room, and when you play for five, six thousand people, something like that. And, it's, it's very difficult to connect everybody. I find it difficult. Mm. Now let's move quickly on to the, the current album, which is Signal Fire, a mm. fantastic album. Okay. It's a nice follow-up, I think, to the, the previous one, um, which mm. was like um, a couple of years back, really. Yeah. But um, I was listening in the car, actually, coming to, to, to the gig tonight, and I was thinking, you know, it's just a shame that radio's changed and people's listening habits basically they they grab their music in different places yes, now don't sure. they yeah. internet youtube all this yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, but back in say the 1980s perhaps or the 1990s even you know i think there would have been a time when those songs would have just gone great on national radio hmm. um, nice i mean what sort of reaction have you, have you been getting to that dan uh, in terms of perhaps a bit more exposure in rate in terms of radio you're talking about the latest the latest album, yeah, yeah um well we we did this Pledge Music campaign, so actually this time around and last time we, we actually spent some you know resources, money, time, uh, hiring good people that are in the business that used to work for major labels and now they're more independent. 
In fact, the Pledge Music uh, Company is all primarily run by people that used to work with all the major labels. So they know the ropes, they know how the business works, and they, when the, when the music business changed, they decided to create something that was more artist-friendly. And so we raised uh, quite a bit of money with, through a supporter-based record label. And so we kind of purposely have been trying to get out there more on the radio mm. and in the press with this uh, campaign. You've just got to go <coughs> with the, the current way of doing things, I suppose, because it's, it's amazing for somebody like yourself. I remember you talking about this uh, uh, when we had the chat last time and about mm. how you come through like the industry in the late 80s when money was no object, was it? They, yeah. they put you on flights here and here, there and everywhere. You were on t good yeah. tours and all the rest of it. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so the album, how long in, in the making was that really, well, I started, in terms of the songs? I started composing for it about two years ago, um, and I wrote half of the record in this little cabin up in, uh, on the west coast of Sweden that I rented um, one fall, uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, and um, recorded it over four sessions in Portland, Oregon. I did a lot of the basic tracks in my home studio in Prague. And then I would take those tracks over to Portland and we'd get the live drums and record them either there or in Prague and bring all the tracks and mix them uh, in our studio that we did the last album in too. That's my guitar player who's my co-producer oh, as well. Did you find that it all came together quite quickly really? You know, when you were sort of getting the ideas yeah. together for the songs? Yeah, uh, when you're, when, especially if we were to spend like three months in the studio, it'd be all done. But the fact that it took two years to make is only because I was touring in between everything all the mm -hmm. time. But yeah, I think the songs came together fast. Um, I knew that I wanted this record to be a little more pointed than the last album, a little heavier. Um, I didn't want to try to... A bit to darker, really, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Places, you know, yeah, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's darker, and, and at the same time, I'm trying to play with cliches that are usually considered quite light, like uh, a, a phrase, all I need is you, or all night, um, sing to me. It's these song, that song titles that could be like the cheesiest pop songs in the world and maybe they are I don't know but I if you dig into the lyric you'll see that that's not what I'm really saying it's that's been the kind of the the goal for me with this record was to play yes. with cliches no it's great I think it works very successfully yeah, and you mentioned that you, you're actually resident now aren't you in um, Czechoslovakia not yet I'm no, working on the, working all the paperwork on yeah so but, you're very much part of the local East European scene really I don't know I'm yeah. getting into it more and more I definitely feel at home there mm. uh, I like the fact that they appreciate especially in the Czech Republic from what I've noticed is that because they became a democracy just a little over 20 years ago they still have a deep appreciation for uh the right to vote, um, they take it seriously. In America, um, we've really taken for granted all of this freedom that we still like to tout and try to spread around the world. Um, we have the highest divorce rate, highest murder, highest child abuse, highest uh, land waste management. We, we throw away more stuff, we consume more oil than any other country per capita, and yet we're trying to go around the world and preach to everybody else how they should run their countries. And that's, that's difficult for me to, and it was really hard for me to be around that. And half the reason why I moved away was when uh, um, President Bush was elected the second time. I just didn't believe in any of the wars in Afghanistan. I don't think that any Afghanistan person or any Iraqi person has anything to do with 9-11. Uh, even if it was all bin Laden's brainchild and he was Saudi Arabian, um, 14 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi Arabian, yet Saudi Arabia is our best buddy because of all the oil. So the, the hypocrisy and the contradictions are so thick that 
it's uh, easy to get disillusioned in this world. And it's a better place creatively for you, presumably, you know, in terms of making music. Yeah, well, so far it's been great. I really, there's a great musical community there too, because a lot of people moved there after the revolution because it was really cheap to live there and it was very beautiful. The architecture is amazing. Um, the beer is cheap. I'm not a beer drinker, but everybody says the beer there is the best. Um, uh, it's just a great country to live in if you're kind of living that bohemian lifestyle. And uh, you know, artists, painters, dancers, filmmakers, musicians—they all kind of and writers all oh, kind yeah. of appreciate that. So, finally, what about um, the, the the future for um, the, the next? few months really for Dan Reed. Are you, yeah. Whereabouts are you going? Well, I'll be touring all over. I'm playing some shows in France. I'm going to be going uh, back to Portugal. I've been invited to go do a tour in Southeast Asia, which will be my first time ever over there. Um, and then I'll be doing a lot of festivals in Scandinavia um, and a lot of private uh, house concerts as well throughout the spring and summer. And I'll go back to the States in May and doing three weeks of shows over there too. So, so you keep it really busy, aren't yeah, you? Be on, yeah, uh, I'm playing, I'm booked pretty much every weekend up and through September now yes. so yeah it's gonna be it's hard with my son too because I want uh, yeah. so we're, on Skype, we're on Skype every day <laughs> <which is nice. laughs> well we'll leave you to I should say that you're, you're literally about 15-20 minutes away from mm. stage time here yeah. the tour continues now I think you go to Nottingham and to then um, London on London Friday. the big one in London and at then the, uh, uh, I go to on my own over to uh, Northern Ireland on uh, Sunday to play over there to uh, solo, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But very brave because I know you, you go out with your acoustic guitar, <laughs> and it's the strength of the songs, isn't it? At the end of the day, and of course, you tell stories about them, don't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope people are getting at least the comments I get back are people are getting some kind of uh, uh, release of tension that's going on in their lives, or if they're dealing with personal issues, uh, death in the family, or celebrating love in their life. Uh, they seem to enjoy the music as kind of the background noise to their, their reality. Oh, so well, all good. the very best for the future, and we hope mm. to see you again very oh, soon Thank as you. Well. It was an honor to speak with you oh, today. Thank you. To meet thank you, Pat. This is Radio for the Internet Age. Get ready to rock radio.